You can all be seated. Can we give another hand for the band? I've been gone the past couple of weeks, so it's really good to be back. And I'm grateful that I get to share a Christmas reflection with you this morning. Lately, I have been thinking about the phrase Christmas magic. When I look back on Christmas's past, especially those in my childhood, I can pinpoint certain moments that felt quite magical. This glowy, warm feeling, it's peak nostalgia, really. It brings to mind the Christmas Eve meals that my extended family would share each year, nights of playing with cousins that would end with a visit from Santa. I think of dancing with my siblings on a snow-covered front yard, sprinkling reindeer food, or oats mixed with glitter all over the yard. We would run inside cold and giggling with anticipation for the morning. I think of my childhood church and the way that our five o'clock Christmas Eve service would end every year. The lights would dim and slowly candlelight would be passed around the sanctuary while everyone sang Silent Night. And after that last sleep in heavenly peace, there'd be a moment, a pause of stillness, and then the lights would come back up, everyone would blow out the candles and sing joy to the world as loud as they could. Magic. But I've been thinking about this idea of Christmas magic lately because truthfully, this season has not felt particularly magical this year. My tree isn't even up yet. <laughs> I turned on Christmas music for the first time just yesterday. This morning has been the most festive thing I've done all season. Really, the magic is feeling a little distant. If you are feeling the magic, I won't be the Scrooge that tries to ruin your Christmas spirit. But if you're like me, if the magic is feeling a little distant, a little dimmed, or if you're exhausted from trying to make magic happen for everyone around you, I found it comforting to remember this year that the Christmas story doesn't hinge on magic. It centers on joy. Embodied joy is the core of the story. You see, magic can be an escape, but joy is a settling in, regardless of circumstance, and choosing to hope anyways. And that's what we have in the Christmas narrative that we read through this morning. And I know this is all about Jesus, but for me, Mary is really central to the embodied joy of the story. And we do her a great disservice when we make the story magical, when we over-spiritualize her role and her yes. This mystical virgin gives birth to a magic god baby in a romanticized stable underneath a special star. We simplify the story, and it becomes less real. I think of the line in Away in a Manger, the song, um, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Yeah, I have a two-year-old, I don't buy it. <laughs> I'm also not sold on Joseph's baby delivering skills. <laughs> I think our nativity sets leave out the very likely presence of midwives or other women present with Mary and Joseph in Jesus' delivery. Jesus' birth wasn't magical. It was physical and communal, and that was the whole point. God incarnate, God with us. When Mary responds to the angel in Luke's Christmas story, here I am, the servant of the Lord, as Brittany read for us, it wasn't simply a spiritual yes. She knew the physical cost. Yes, this was a baby that was going to be great according to the angel's words, but it was still a baby, one that would take over her body. I wonder about Mary's morning sickness. 
about her aching back, about how uncomfortable the traveling would have been. These are all manageable and familiar discomforts that come along with pregnancy, but I also think of the very real possibility that Mary could have died in childbirth. Not just sacrificing her body for growing and birthing and breastfeeding a baby, but potentially sacrificing her life in order to bring hope into the world. Before the cross is even on the page, we have in Mary a picture of self-sacrificial love, a willingness to give of herself completely to birth the Son of God. Mary's embodied experience is a foreshadowing to the crucifixion. And I am sure she felt fear and uncertainty, but she also felt joy and expectation. This baby would be good news for the world. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how Mary's song is not just central to the Christmas story, but central to the gospel. This isn't just a spiritual or a religious good news. The good news of great joy for all people that Mary sings into being is a liberation that levels power and uplifts the lowly, that brings about justice and mercy. I think about all of those who are laboring in pain to deliver justice in the world now. Those who sing songs of promise that the mighty will be cast down, that liberation is possible. I think of those who are midwives in the process of birthing hope, those who are willing to give of their entire beings to proclaim good news of great joy to all people, not just some. It isn't magic that carries the story. It's embodied joy, embodied because it has to be. Good news must be backed by good action, good presence. And Mary dared to be present. She dared to enter suffering, crying out in fear and heartache as she labored in love, weeping in relief to hold a baby to her chest. Though Mary cried out in pain, I also imagine her in awe of the cooing newborn beside her, a midwife wiping the sweat and tears from her head as she could finally relax, pain and relief and joy all at once. I imagine her wrapped up in wonder about all that life would hold for this tiny infant. Embodied liberation is inherently joyful. It levels power, it welcomes all, it embraces the full identity of everyone and fights for justice to be delivered. And it often comes from the vulnerable places, the meager stables, tender voices that, like Mary, know the cost and dare to be present anyways. And maybe leveling power and fighting for justice to be delivered in the world feels like a tall task as a Christmas reminder. But we can all make choices that proclaim good news. We can all participate in the ushering in of great joy for all people. Maybe you are someone who is desperately in need of good news of great joy right now. Joy is often more accessible and more resilient than we think. And we don't have to scrounge up joy all on our own. If this is a difficult season for you, good news may feel like resting on someone else's joy for a little while. And so like Mary, we say yes with our bodies, not just our minds. We show up for ourselves, for our communities. We show up as we are, uncertain, exhausted, hopeful, expectant. We get our hopes up and we long for new possibilities to be birthed into the world.
In this season of being moved by the tellings of the Christmas story in Matthew and Luke, would we be moved by Mary's message of embodied joy? If you are currently overwhelmed by all that feels broken, missing, and unjust in your life or in the world, your worries are not ruining Christmas magic. They're actually right in line with the Christmas story. They are the very things that Mary lamented over and entrusted that God would deliver us from. If you are tired and weary, know that your exhaustion is present in the story too, in a laboring mother. We can look to Mary and know that joy can and will come alongside all that we are carrying in this season. Would you pray with me? God with us, as we take a moment now just to breathe, to appreciate the quiet and the stillness. Would you help us all to follow the threads of joy in our lives? To keep in mind a clear picture of the liberation and love that you offer, not by some powerful ruling over us, but in a humble entrance into the world. The season is complicated, it holds a lot. There is rejoicing alongside grieving, pressure and stress alongside relief and renewal. Would the simple embodied moments of joy keep us tethered, tethered to you and tethered to one another? Would we find moments of stillness to rest in? Would we cling to joy? Would we show up in our bodies, show up as ourselves, exactly as we are, and continue to trust in you? Amen.